Saturday night is brought to you in part by McDonald's. Have you had your break today? All systems operating within normal design parameters. Engage cybernetic generation sequence. Next on WCW Saturday Night, world champion Hulk Hogan's closest ally, the flamboyant Macho Man Randy Savage, is challenged by the Hulkster's former best friend, the demented Butcher, in an important first-round match of the U.S. Championship Tournament. And considering last week's uncontrollable mayhem, extracurricular belligerency is a distinct possibility. The fans' most favorite wrestler, Sting, faces El Cubano. World Tag Team Champions, the Diabolical Harlem Heat, are in the house to tune up for their slambery matchup with obstreperous hellions, the Nasty Boys. All this and more on WCW Saturday Night. Saturday night along with Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mean Gene Okerlund. This is Tony Schiavone. Two weeks now away from Slamboree, a legend reunion on pay-per-view Sunday, May 21st. But I tell you, it was wild last week at the end of the program with Vader and Flair in their tag team match and Hogan and Savage getting involved in their tag team match and Hogan and Savage getting involved and then Arn Anderson and then the Renegade making an appearance here on Saturday night. And Brain, we're going to show the fans what happened. But this week, Butcher... And the Macho Man Randy Savage in a tournament match, first round in the U.S. Heavyweight Tournament. Is that all the news you have to tell me? Yes. What's... I have some news for you and the people out there. You know who I saw about, oh, 15 or 20 minutes in the back alleyway come in the back door of this place? No. Who? Hulk Hogan with an entourage of people. Did you know that? I did not. Did you know he was going to be here? Well, somebody better check on that, because when Hogan's around, there's trouble. And I don't want to see any match route. I don't want to get involved in anything. I don't know what's going to happen with Vader or Flair. But Hogan is here in the building this evening, and something's going to happen. The sparks could fly as they did a week ago when we ended Saturday night. Before we go to the ring, let's show you what happened last week. Again, and he will at ringside at Slamboree in what certainly is going to be 
an explosive main event on Sunday, May 21st, Brain. What do you see Hulk Hogan was lying? The Renegade didn't run away. He wasn't hiding. He was laying in the weeds with Savage and Jimmy Hart. This is a setup. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. Reflectionites. That is sung by the new king of R&B, Jack Black. If you haven't seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, I am not. I am not being paid by them, but I am telling you right now, go watch the Super Mario Brothers movie because Jack Black as King Bowser. It is um, Luigi. I don't like the way they did Luigi, but that's just me. But you know, Super Mario Brothers movie. We at the PWR podcast will endorse this. If it's not for TW, I will endorse it because. Nothing says nostalgia like having a Nintendo from 1985 playing Super Mario Brothers 1. I beat that. I beat Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3, and 4. Now, the other stuff is a little bit harder, but I, ain't, I couldn't beat it in one night. Super Mario Kart, I beat that one too. But again, this ain't a Super Mario Kart podcast. This is the PWR podcast here at the Hami Media Group at Podbean.com. And of course, what's up to the PWCI? So what's up to Jimmy T? Jeff Lipton, what's up to Chris Hembones at the PWC Network at Podbean.com. What's going on to the big Vitoites at Wixsite.com and all that spiel. TW will give you all the, the links in the in the URLs later on. But again, the Vitoites, the PWCites, the Haminites, and the Reflectionites, the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine, the Terrific Ten, you know who you are. Welcome or welcome to the episodic 
edition of the PWR Podcast. But before we get into this and delve into this, I must introduce myself because I am so vain like that. And of course, it is my fountain of youth to keep myself looking like I'm 21 years old every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Don't laugh. That is true. Okay. But anyway, I am the most studious one. I am the most stupendous one. I am the most charismatic one. But most importantly, I'm the most glorious one of the IWC, YWC, PWC, Punditry. Your friend of mine, the Professor Chabeva Cruz. And I'm not here alone. No, 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 no. I am here with my brother from another mother, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative Dr. Frickenstein, dum dum doing it's on the iron stomach one, Mr. Wonderful himself rocking the Judgment Day sweater, Ben Ballard, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, and of course, the career renaissance leader right now in Dominic Mysterio, your friend of mine, the Tommy Wonder. Are you a new member of Judgment Day, TW? What is going on, my friend? I am not, but I'm a new believer in the Judgment Day. And I, I think they need one more person to have five. I don't know who that person is, but I think you bring every that, one of You them. bring that elder statesman to the Judgment Day group. See, the wisdom. You no, you already got rid of him. You got rid of him. You need another guy who's on the up. Maybe L.A. Knight. Maybe he joins the crew, and he's their oh. talker. And But anyways, do you know why I do that every time? Why do you do that? Oh, that's for AJ Styles. Get this ready guy. to fly. This guy right here. I love AJ. Uh-huh. AJ, let me tell you about AJ. AJ is someone I never liked. And then absolutely just love him, right? And uh, he has something in common with Cody. They they both were where they were for a long time. They left and reinvented themselves. And the new versions of AJ and Cody are top shelf. They're top shelf. It, it, it's almost like it's the organization that makes you at least right holds you back. You know, yeah, you know, yeah holds you back. But then you two different you places now, too. You're not even you just now stomach. You now stomach them. You, right? you now stomach them a little bit more because it's WWE. But neither here nor there. Again, we're not talking it, about. But here's about, here's what I will say. I will say this wait, wait, before wait, we wait, get because we're going back in the time machine. Mm-hmm. Here's what I will say. AJ and Cody are good examples of like. When it comes to scripted promos, I'm 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 in the middle, kind of like the social politics versus the fiscal politics. I'm in the middle, but I'm more towards favoring scripted, not because I like scripted promos because some guys are horrible at it, but because some guys are horrible at promos. Period. And at uh-huh. least if they script it, you don't have a show AEW where seven guys come out and say the exact same thing. You know you know what I mean? Like. It's like the finishes. I, I talk about it. If you don't have that, an that, aging, go, that goes with saying define scripted in wrestling. Bullet points or word for base. That's what I prefer is a little curb your enthusiasm. Give them bullet points. Let them go out and do their thing, right? Uh-huh. And so I think what AJ and Cody did by leaving Impact and leaving – I mean, Impact – AJ rose up the ranks there. He wasn't just stuck as a cruiserweight. He ended up going up, but he still looked like a small fish in a small pond. If you, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. um, like everyone big, looked big bigger fish, than him. small pond. That's what it means. No, no, big no, fish. no. I think he was a small fish because of his short hair, like his look, he just, he looked like a kid. Right. Then mm-hmm. he goes out, he grows his hair out. He gets the beard, he gets the leather vest and he just, he just looks like a million bucks. And when he debuted at that Royal Rumble, what 16 was it? Has it been that long? Mm-hmm. 
2016, that's insane that he's been there that long. He, he showed up. He didn't look out of place. He didn't look small. And he's in a bigger ring with bigger boys. But what I think it is is AJ and Cody became themselves. Cody, Cody says it a lot. I'm not a character. I'm me. That's what uh-huh. I'm doing out there. I'm being me. And I forget who said it. I wish I could remember as an old timer. He said the best gimmick, the best gimmicks are when you're an extension of yourself. Like uh-huh. Steve Austin was not the ringmaster. It didn't work. But Steve Austin is stone cold. So that works. You know, if that uh-huh. makes sense. Um, yeah. Terry yeah, Taylor's not the red rooster, but he is Terrence Taylor and the York foundation. That's more the real life guy, right? Like, a perfectionist uh-huh. and conceited and all that in a good way, meaning believes in themselves. But but I gotta say one thing real quick. I will endorse your Super Mario Brothers movie without having seen it. Uh-huh. I will say this. I was going to see it no matter what because of the backlash to the guy that I would see it because he's in it, which is Chris Pratt. But when I found out it was a cartoon, it made me feel two ways. One, I don't watch cartoons. Two, these motherfuckers are bitching because he's the voice of Mario. I understood. Why they were upset that he was Mario because he doesn't look like him. And I was like, well, let's see what he looks like in the movie. And then I found out as a cartoon, it's just much ado about nothing. So it's just people bitch to bitch. Matter of fact, I was just telling my oldest daughter, Bella, I said, I read a headline. Reese Witherspoon, when she was younger, started uh, High Energy or something. High Society. No, High Society is a magazine. But High Something. High Uh Sunrise or High Sunshine. Whatever. A production company she started herself, right? Okay. She recently sold it for $900 million. <laughs> and apparently, my reaction to it isn't the one, the IWC of movies, the IMC, I don't know, <laughs> Internet Movie Community. Yeah. Okay. Instead of my reaction, which was, holy shit, Bell, she sold her, she just made $900 million. And because of it, she's the richest female actor in Hollywood, right? Uh-huh. And you know what? It's it's still kind of because of her acting, because she got her production company going because of her name, blah, 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 blah. The internet, the first line, let me get this straight. Reese Witherspoon sells her company that makes women movies for women by women to two white men. It's like, that's what the fuck your first thought is? Not knowing who these people are that bought it who might still keep the entire staff there and they will still make the same damn type of movies for the same people. Number one, number one didn't know. And number one didn't care. And she got banked. So I, that's all, all power to they, her. But they shit on her instead of embracing her success and thinking, Holy shit, this is unheard of. A, a, a female actress. I was just telling someone the other day, like if we're being honest, I never really, I used to just think, Oh, you're bitching. Cause nobody had cash in the movie. But if you look through the last 20 years, 30 years. We still see Brad Pitt. We still see uh, fucking Han Solo. What's his name? Harrison Ford still making movies. Uh, Rambo. All the, all the dudes our entire life who have made movies are still making movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women from our youth are been have been gone for 20 years and it's almost like they get a 10-year shelf life. Ironically, Reese Witherspoon would be the exception because I've seen her in movies in the 90s and I see her on stuff uh, now. But mm-hmm. But also, I would say in the last 10 years, I think guy actors are here today, gone today. There, I don't think there's going to be another Brad Pitt or Harrison Ford. It just seems like all of them just get cast aside every five years for a new lot. But you, you know the rule: what drink, drink, drink children's blood, 
Right. Tiger has, blood and children's yeah, blood. Yeah, tiger blood and, and Ooh, maybe they're all disappearing because they don't and, have a ride to Epstein Island anymore. Uh, that could be it. Epstein gets you rolls. That's all that but, matters. But, but the anyway. second thing, the second wow. thing I got to bring up. We got to get the show going. I know, we but stuff. it's only got to be 43 minutes anyway. So Jesus. listen, Jesus. this is a show that I want you to watch. I know you have Disney Plus. If not, you got a way to watch Disney Plus. Uh-huh. I was already a fan of this dude before I watched this thing. I actually watched this thing in fear because I was afraid of how bad a shape he's going to be in, other than I had just seen a YouTube click of him doing a, a anti-gravity treadmill walk, which is Jeremy Renner. And I watched this Barbara Walters interview, which, by the way, full disclosure, I did not know she was still alive, let alone still interviewing people. So it's good to see Barbara Walters. Uh, so anyways, this interview, man, if you can oh, get through this no, interview. No, she, not, not Barbara Walters. Diane, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer. Diane, Diane Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diane Sawyer. That's the one. Maybe that's what I thought. She was Barbara Walters the whole time. Anyways, regardless, mm-hmm. she's still here. If you can watch this interview and not sob like a baby and come out feeling so good about life at the end, you're not human. It, this dude, and by the way, I, I, I then find out all the humanitarian stuff this guy does. First mm-hmm. of all, he uh, almost died. Because he's See, trying now to you say first. Once you say first of all, now you're extending this, man. I got, I got you. But I'm saying, Jeremy Renner almost dies because he's trying to save his nephew, who's 27 years old. God bless right? him. But, but even no, Jeremy Renner is saying, we gotta get going with the show. This is what man. they pay. This is what you know. It looked like you were on the toilet. I didn't realize you were recording from the toilet. But go ahead. All right. I just want to say, a, I'm glad Jeremy Renner's still alive. B, absolutely. I'm absolutely. glad I know more about him now because of this. Because he is an absolute gift to humanity. He I'm, gives I'm, back. I'm putting, I'm putting this on my phone. Jeremy Renner with Barbara Walters slash Diane Sawyer because you said it was Barbara Walters. That's why I was laughing. Yeah. You're like, yeah. He came and then the he place. also has a show called Renovations on Disney Plus. Watch that too. I'm telling you, he's a good human being. Absolutely. Okay. No problem. Absolutely. But anyway, the show must go on, even though it, it, it's kind of funny because you ca- I kind of lost my train of thought because you, you went on a harangue. I love you, TW, for the harangues. You know, we you haven't even started talking about the show yet. You're going to start talking about the show. I know that. But not, but anyway, Reflection Ice, this is, we give you everything. We give you the current. Then we have to go back to the past. But with this episodic episode, we have to talk about what's going to happen anyway in the current 2020 thrust anyway. Now, this is episode 168. Episode 168, TW, we've made it to 168, so we're getting close to that elusive 200, but neither here nor there. <laughs> we are doing WCW Saturday night from May of 1995, of course, from the world infamous center stage in Atlanta, GA. But that's not the reason I picked this, TW. The reason I picked this is because... We are the PWR podcast. We are the most nostalgic podcast out there for the IWC, YWC, PWC pundits out there. And not to shit on it. That we don't, and we tell the truth. Right? We, yeah. We're very straight down the middle. We say what's good, what's bad, and what's indifferent. But yep. what is going on currently, TW? Why did I pick this? It's apropos because once again, TBS or TNT is going to venture into Saturday wrestling. Yes. All Elite Wrestling will have a two-hour slot on Saturday night primetime, either TNT or TBS. It doesn't matter. It's on the, the Turner you know, network. But it's not Turner. It's Warner Brothers Discovery. Again, that's logistically speaking. For the, for the AEW fans, I hope it's TNT. Because otherwise, there's going to be a lot of Braves games running interference. No, they don't, do, they don't do that no more. 
They don't they don't do the Braves games anymore on uh, either. Oh, it's I a national it's a national contract with MLB with when it comes uh, to Warner Brothers what? Discovery. Well, hockey wouldn't hockey might do it during the season and basketball. TNT. Yeah, well, of course, with the TNT. But again, that's neither here nor there. But they got the two hour slot on Saturdays. Doesn't matter whether it's TBS or TNT, but kudos to Tony Khan. Kudos to AEW for getting Saturday wrestling back on the Turner Network, either TBS or TNT. So, TW, let me ask you this question here before we delve into the nostalgic part of the 1995 WCW Saturday Night. You and I know the value of Saturday wrestling. You and I know what TBS and Ted Turner, you know, the contribution that Ted Turner made for World Championship Wrestling to have that platform for 25 years from the 70s to 2000. It was the, the patriarch of, you know, what you was going to do. You even said in our past episodes, you, you know, your weekend started after watching WCW Saturday night from 6.05 to 8.05. And then you knew at 8.05, you can get dressed and go and do your TW-isms. So King speak. of the nighttime world it up. King of the nighttime world. So let me ask you this. For the current wrestling fans of today, just well, you know, for AEW fans, they're going to celebrate this. But let me ask you this, because you and I are the old timers. You and I are the geezers, the dinosaurs or whatever. Can there be an audience for Saturday wrestling? Because the only time people really watch Saturday wrestling now has to be a pay-per-view. But can people be like, you know, it's must-see TV like Monday Night Raw or must-see TV like Wednesday Night Dynamite? We have been trained to watch a certain day. But we haven't been trained like we were back then for Saturday wrestling. It's been at least 25 years to the, you know, to a degree for that kind of tradition. We haven't had that in a long ass time. The only time you see Saturday. 22 years because they still had WCW Saturday night in 2000. Yeah, but it was waning because of Nitro. Yeah. That's why I'm saying the, 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 it wasn't the A show. The, the importance of Saturday right. wrestling wasn't that important. For the last 25 years, so that the question still is, is prevalent right now to, to you. So give us your humble opinion. It's funny because so many can things there be an my, huh? Can there be an audience for Saturday wrestling? Can there be a tradition for Saturday wrestling in the 2023? First and, and foremost, I, I I would think yes, right? A lot of these fucking nerds don't leave their house, so why wouldn't they watch it on Saturday night? But okay. AEW nerds, uh, but. What I don't understand, for one, now that you just pointed out the elephant in the room, like, oh, yeah, pay-per-views are on Saturday nights, including mm -hmm. AEW. So that makes me, A, say, I really, really hope it's 6 to 8. Because if it's 6 to 8, it could end and lead into the pay-per-view the way WCW main event used to lead into the Great American Bash or Starcade or whatever when they would have a live, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, main event with only like two matches taped and then go into it. But here's my conundrum. My my obvious my immediate answer was yes. But one thing that perplexes me about AEW, and I suppose it could be because it was recorded for the most part for the longest time. Uh -huh. Why don't people watch Rampage? Like why is Rampage? Just even AEW fans treat it like the redhead stepchild and don't watch it. Is it because they just read the results and they're like, eh, I don't need to tune in? Or 
Because I would like to say, yes, most times it's it's not. It would be the WCW Saturday night compared to Nitro. But I would see Adam Cole having matches on there. I would see Keith, uh, whatever the hell Keith's name is. What's his name? Keith Lee. Keith Lee. I could see him having matches on there. I've seen the Bucks and, and FTR have matches. Moxley have matches on there. But for the most part, it's, it's the B guys, you know. But I just don't understand why people you you well it could also be suffering the fate of the third hour of Raw. Someone watched two hours of SmackDown and they're burnt out. Don't want to watch an hour of Rampage and say, "Oh, I'll just tape it and then never get around to watching it." Whatever. How do they measure the metrics? It's just it's it's crazy to me that Dynamite is only two hours and and then people don't watch Rampage. It's nuts to me. So they would have to. Well, when you're in the when you're in the arena, you're watching two hours of live dynamite, and right. then you have to make that decision to either stay for an extra hour for that tape rampage or go home so you have at least a good night's sleep before you go and, to work. And I would say that's that's something too because I went to the rampage live, and so I didn't watch it because I already saw it live, right? But it's still mm-hmm. recorded on my DVR because it's set to record every week, right? Right. But, but to answer your question, I think yes, but with a caveat. It has to be Dynamite number two. It can't be Rampage. It has to be. Or it has to be, it has to be their SmackDown. It has to be their SmackDown of yes, importance. Yes. yes. I get yes. you. And I just, I, it's just perplexed for three years or however long the Rampage has been around two years. It's perplexed me that that show does not get watched. It, like, if we're talking shit about ratings for Dynamite, uh, we, they don't, people don't even bring up Rampage, and the ratings are worse. Mm-hmm. They're they're so, they're close, but they're worse. Uh, uh, cable ratings, and I'll be again, I'm very objective. The metrics is different. The the measuring of the metrics of ratings is different, especially in 2020. Thrust. Yes, the numbers are low to the standards of if you compare of yesteryear. Yes, it is. Yeah. But the metrics of streaming and DVR and all and social media, it's very complicated. So I, that'd be a five hour show for the reflection. I said that would bore you. But they gave them two hours, and that's the question. And, and of course, again, you and I are the dinosaurs. We know that Saturday night wrestling was not the way it's gonna be for AEW. AEW is gonna have to give you main event matches on top of main event matches, on top of main event promos. Saturday night for TBS. Was only about fire promos to build introduction, yeah, yeah, to build for the Omni, to build for their house shows that meant something, or to build for maybe if it was in the late eighties, to build for that Great American Bash, to build for that Starcade, to build for the the Bunkhouse Brawl, whatever the case may be. But you and I know that it was about the fire promos and not the matches. And just like we're we're gonna do here for WCW Saturday Night from May of nineteen ninety five. We're not even into Monday Nitro yet. So this is their flagship. This is what, it, you know, the tradition. You got a cast of characters, TW, here. So before anything, we already know that in 1995, you already got Hulk Hogan. You got Randy Savage. You got Brutus Beefcake. You Butcher. got Vader. Well, let me just give the logistics before we say the real names of WCW Ventures. We got Vader. We got Steve Austin. Blair. We got... We got Flair. We got Arn Anderson. So the cast of characters is there. And that's why this Gentlemen. was. Okay, now you're giving the name. But I, I understand. Everybody <laughs> understands. But anyway, you understand here. This is the flagship TW. But again, the like you said, the way we watched it, it was very different. Because again, you and I know we weren't like 
amped up for the matches. We because again in 1995, Eric Bischoff made it made it crystal clear he was building every Saturday night to a monthly pay per view. So it was okay to have like no. We didn't need a banger match after week after week because then it would be bored. That we that would kind of like you know that'd be oversaturation. And then we built, why spend money on a pay per view if you're going to show me it on Saturday night? Right. So again, the tradition is is very different in 1995 than what is going to be in 2020. Thress. So what say ETW about that? Because again, you and I were watching it this way. You and you was preparing to leave at 8:05 to be king of the nighttime. So what say you here? Because well, actually, you wasn't watching this because. You are wrestling for yeah. about a year. So yeah. you don't even know what's going this on This is here. actually a month after this show is when I went to the Great American Bash in, in 95. Uh, right. July. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I didn't even do that math. Uh, here. So WWE 93 to 95 is, is the new generation. Yeah, yeah. And it takes an absolute ass beating on podcasts like for being the worst era of of wwe it's it's sandwiched between the golden age and and uh the uh attitude era um it was when brett got the belt sean got the belt you know stuff well sean didn't really get it until the attitude era but brett got it from flair you know all that kind of stuff but if not worse WCW was at least as bad in the same era, right? And mm-hmm. I remember when Hogan first got there, which would have been 93 or 4. 94. Uh, people didn't give a shit. That crowd booed him or at least just didn't cheer. Well, wasn't no, no, like, no, 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 no. They 90, piped in the, cheers. The, 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 the weather was piped in, but again, his first match was in Hogan, ter- his Hogan country in Orlando. So he got it wasn't piped right, in. But, but you know what I'm saying? I understand. Was, yeah, in the south, in the in the, in the deep south, in the deep south, it it had a it had a burst. Let's yeah. just say that they were noticed because you brought in Hogan, because you yeah. brought in Savage, because right. you brought in Bobby the Brain Heenan, because you brought brought in Mean Gene. You got star Sounds power. Sounds like you're describing AEW right now. <laughs> but again, the formula works when you have it, people that br- it, brought it star did power from it, it WWE. It did at first. It led to working because a couple years later, you turn him heel, can't do it if he's not there. Mm-hmm. Right? But, I mean, everything about this, Bobby Heenan's on the, the, the commentary. Uh, Macho Man, Hogan, with the exception of maybe Hogan, everyone there, especially Beefcake, especially um, there was a couple other guys there that were just uh, boss man. Um, they were all guys that it was very understood the WWE didn't want the nasty boys. They didn't want them anymore. It wasn't these guys got signed away from them. You know what I mean? Hogan went there because probably Vince was offering less money than he normally offered, right? So Hogan went down there and thought, ah, I'll be closer to home. They record there, whatever. But it it felt like to me then, not now. Now I just understand how the business works. Guys stay together and they go to territory. But then it felt like instead of making me go, hey, I'm going to watch this because all my favorites are here, I was watching it going, these guys, these guys are old. They're long in the tooth. I want to watch Brett. And Sean and and you know whoever else was I didn't want to watch Sparky Plug, but you know what I mean. The guys that were mm-hmm. being pushed in WWE, I think the LOD were there at the time too in 93, 94, whatever. But um 
I just in spades, but I get where you're going with this. But I I feel like it was the the castoffs, not the taken away from. Whereas Hall and Nash were absolute steals. Does that make sense? Well, that's your opinion. I I get your opinion. And wrestling was hot again when they came there. It wasn't it wasn't this. Um, but that said, I mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and especially now with these eyes, this old ass body, mm-hmm. I appreciate that uh, show that we watched for what it was because it, it I, I I actually put it in words as you were talking. I didn't. I would have never put this in the words before, but you said something. It wasn't what Saturday's going to be now with dynamite or whatever they call it, collision, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what it was. Was WCW Saturday Night Superstars and Challenge? What they did was they kept us interested until we got to see the big matches on the pay per view. It, it, mm-hmm. If it wasn't, it left us wanting more. They didn't give us everything like Raw and SmackDown do. They they gave us some, and 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 the formula for NWA when it was WCW Saturday Night or you know World Championship Wrestling Saturday Night mm-hmm. was Flair would defend his belt against a tag team wrestler. I think. That's something that AEW should do. I think MJF, he should put the belt on the line against one half of whatever that F- fucking F- two F- guys F- that jump. No, no. Oh. The two fucking jumping around guys and one just fucked his leg up. Um, oh, Dante Martin? Yeah. The, the, what are they called? The fucking high impact or some shit? High, top, top flight. Top flight, yeah. So defend mm-hmm. against one of them. And it could be a non-title and it'll be 10 minutes. You do two things. One. MJF gives the rub to the young guy because he's in the ring with MJF. And two, he could not lose but not beat MJF and just make the 10 minutes. That's how Dustin Rhodes got made against DiBiase in the WWF when he was 19 years old. So if you did something like that, A, you could showcase your world champion. B, he could beat someone that's not going to kill that guy's career. Like Shawn Michaels wrestled Ric Flair when he was world champion and lost. No, people mm-hmm. forget that. He was a rocker, Shawn Michaels. And it was a good match. And no one expected Shawn to win. When he tapped out to the figure four, no one cared. It didn't ruin his career. It was perfect. Because, but there's a difference. We weren't over analyzing everything. I get it. And I and, sure, I'm and sure right now, I'm I sure it's 10.03 on Wednesday yeah. night. I can't believe they made Dante Martin job to MJF. Right. That's the difference. You, well, you and I understand the business end and what it's supposed to do for somebody like Dante Martin to go 10 minutes against MJF to give him a good good uh, showing and MJF give him the rub. And that but, TNT TV title should be defended every fucking week on TV without fail. Again, that's just logic in business that TW is offering free to Tony Khan. But again, yes. we're not talking about AEW Collision. We're going to talk about WCW Saturday Night here. And and the funny thing about this episode here is that it's building towards slamboree and, of course, the big hot feud TW. Again, we're not going to go second by second reflection. Again, some of these matches don't mean nothing, doesn't mean anything. We're just going to talk about the feuds and some promos that we saw and certain logic that kind of didn't make sense because I didn't notice this until I had to look at it again with the professor eyes. But again, the big hot few here going going into Slamboree TW is the Hulkamaniacs. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, and of course the Ultimate Warrior Reject, the WCW Renegade, <laughs> going up against Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and I guess you could say they made a deal with the devil in the man they call Vader. 
Now, here's the funny part here, TW, before we even talk about this, you know, top-tier feud that's building towards Slamboree. Did you realize that, that in 1995, in the beginning of it, Vader was the U.S. heavyweight champion, right? So he won in a Star K. I don't want to go backtrack too long, too far, but he won it in Star K ninety four. But he was the he was the champ he was the U.S. champion. But then he wasn't. He was chasing Hogan. Now, logically speaking, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that theory because he's the number one contender because he is the U.S. champion. He earned. He's got. It's like a briefcase, but. It wasn't a money in the bank. He wasn't cashing it in to like uh, Jim Hurd. Right. He wasn't cashing right. it in to Nick Bockwinkle or the championship committee saying, I want to bequeath this to get it. He just said, fuck it. I don't want to defend my title anymore. So they had to strip him. And then we in, in this Saturday night, they automatically go into a 16-man United States title tournament. So what's the ATW about that logic before we even talk about the top tier? Feud? I was going to ask you why there was a tournament. I, I didn't understand why there wasn't a champion. I, I just thought, oh, maybe somebody. They, just, they really like just said, fuck it. You know, it, it's funny. But the logic makes sense in today's day because, again, I have to use another organization reflection. I said, if you don't watch it, uh, Impact Wrestling, Austin Aries created something called Option C where you bequeath the title to get a, ch a championship opportunity. Option C was not created by Austin Aries, TW. Option C was created by Big Van Vader. So let's say TW. Go ahead. <laughs> talk about anything you want. The U.S. title conundrum or this top-tier feud with the Hulkamania. Again. So he, he did he, surrender the title then. He just gave it up. He didn't give a damn. He, it was almost like he was going to throw it away in the garbage. But he didn't do that, you know, visually. Right. And uh, I personally... For the record, prefer a one-night tournament. I, I don't like two guys fight this week, two guys fight that week. I, that's too long. Just There's nothing better well, to But me. wait a minute. Uh, again, I'll, I'll let you get back to your thought. But for WCW Saturday Night Purposes, a, to drag this out weekly... Yeah, you, you get a built-in main event every week. You got yeah. a built-in main event, so I don't I don't I don't see anything wrong with bu building something towards either the the pay per view or another big week of you know like maybe in, well, what, what in they four weeks done this is going to be done. the biggest WCW Saturday night with the finals or whatever the case may be. Go right. ahead, TW. So what they should have done since there's 16 guys is hour one should have had a match, hour two should have had a match. You do that for four weeks, and then you got. Your 16 guys in one month are mind, done. Mind you, Reflectionize, this is hindsight. So it's right. already been done. So we know we're trying and to then, save WCW. And then <laughs> the final eight would be obviously four more matches, two more matches, and one. Mm -hmm. You do that on the Clash of the Champions, and you have the last three rounds of the tournament. But doing it one per week? No, you know what? They did one on the main event, too, because they said coming up tomorrow night is another one. So they did do two a week, but they did it on two different shows, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But but even if you did that, it takes eight weeks, six weeks to get through the two rounds. And then you mm -hmm. still got a final four. Right. So it's just too long. That's a month. That's two months. All right. Well, again. Two months without a U.S. champion, which you can see over my shoulder over this mm -hmm. way. Somewhere yeah, I saw there. it. Move your head. There it is. It's gonna, it's gonna move anyway. Favorite title belt of all times, right mm -hmm. there. All the all the greats had it. Luger, Dusty, Magnum, they all had it. Nikita, of course. Nikita, Flair. Mm -hmm. 
Flaring okay. the ugly ass version of it. Well, reflection as we learned one thing. I actually like the week by week thing that they did because uh, again, it drags it out a little bit, but it gives you a reason to watch again traditional Saturday wrestling what, with that main what event King, purpose. Is it is King of the Ring where Brett won where he fought Bigelow and Perfect and Razor? In one night, yes. There's nothing better than that tournament right there. If you ever wanna if you ever wanna do a pay-per-view again, I would do that one because when the King of the Ring was that good where your fight with Brett's invader or uh, Bam Bam, he ain't someone that's usually going to get me excited, but he fucking showed up that night. When you have it and guys lose clean and they don't do bullshit, like Hogan and Andre got a first round by and we're both disqualified. It, I didn't like that. When they just have eight guys, or I'm sorry, 16 guys, and they just go out there and wrestle Steamboat versus Bulldog back in the day. Remember, uh, Bulldog drop kicked the rope and hurt his balls, and then Steamboat was like, "I'm sorry," and then still beat him with the high cross body. That's wait, good wait, wait, stuff, wait, wait, man. Wait, 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 Again, I have to. I'm not being a WCW shield, but I'm I'm defending what they're doing here because number one, it's the U.S. title. It's not the World Heavyweight title. Everything you're no saying. Title. No, no, no. Everything you're saying, I would agree if this was the World title, one night or whatever the case may be. Right. Say again, but this is the U.S. title. It, it it deserves this kind of platform for Saturday night in this time period. Well, but again, it's let's get away. without a champion. Let's, that's my problem. But again, you're building. You might build At a new star. With, out and show it off on TV. But again, what they did wrong was not build up a new star. They depended on you know, they depended on the old glories, if, if you will, because who was in this tournament? Sting was in this tournament, and of course he Ming? was he was gonna and Ming was in this tournament. Randy Savage was in this tournament, but there was a reason for that. But again, we're not going into the semantics and the logistics of it. I just like the concept of what they did here. But let's go back to the top tier feud of the Hulkamaniacs versus Flair. Arne Monster Anderson. Maniacs. Monster, whatever. The Monster Maniacs <laughs> against Flair, Anderson, and Vader because, again, he made the deal with the devil. Flair wanted to get rid of Hulk Hulkamania in all its form, so he, need he made a deal with the devil with Big Van Vader. But anyway, that's Six. Well, that's five Hall of Famers. The Renegade's not a Hall of Famer. But anyway, you get where I'm going with that. Five fucking Hall of Famers right there, TW. What say you about that star power for it? Again, I know you're saying that Hogan's older. Savage is older. That's I get still it. Hogan. Well, now you're saying it's still Hogan, but you just said it 10 minutes ago. These guys, I said I don't, I don't. they weren't receiving him well, but it's still Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. And I'm I think saying. Macho Man looks tremendous, man. He's got the, the Slim Jim gear going. Uh, and just, Macho Man wanted to wrestle. He did not want yeah, to be commentary. Yeah. So he wanted this is, I, was, I was he was, I was happy for doing I this. I was happy for a lot of the guys that went down there and, and got to wrestle, right? Mm -hmm. But then other guys, it, it I, I don't care what letters are on the company's header. I don't need to see the nasty boys ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a big boss man guy, but I think I prefer Big Bubba over the boss man, right? But I like the human. Right, the Ray Trailer. I liked that guy, and I think he he was UWF man. He's one of my boys. He's UWF. Um, Beefcake long past his prime. I liked Beefcake, but he's well, there. Well, remember, big, big Boss Man wasn't that in '95. He was Big Bubba Rogers again. So I'm just no, no. I said I like Big Bubba Rogers better. So mm -hmm. I, I was happy for these some of these guys to come down. But I that so earlier what I was saying. When Lex Luger went to WWF, to me, that was an upgrade. That was like coming from NXT to go to WWE, right? 
mm-hmm. when a guy went from WWF to WCW, it always felt like a backwards move to me. And this was so many of them that it felt like you might as well call WWF Junior. You know what I mean? Like no, but, I, get, I get you, but you need again the, the I got advantage a for you though. The advantage is let me just say this: the advantage of opportunity. The you advantage of an, alter, of an alternative. Yeah, you and, of course, the advantage of getting guaranteed money from Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner in 1995 in comparison to opportunity in yeah. Vince McMahon's world without it being a publicly trading company. Uh, those you guys do what you got to work, do. and those guys need people to put on TV. I, right. And they were number two, so they were trying to be number one. I get it. And they succeeded for 83 weeks. But right. I got a question for you. Shoot. I, I actually so – here's another thing. Mm-hmm. The main event of the Slamboree – is them trying to redo WrestleMania one, but without a Hollywood guy, right? You got two against two with a corner man. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if Renegade had a match on Slamboree, but Arn was defending his TV title versus Alex Wright, um, so he had a match. So you basically got Piper Orton and Orndorff, and then you got Hogan, Mr. T, and Snuka, but uh-huh. it's all wrestlers. So that felt rehashed. The promo for fucking Ming was absolute god-awful that I think Ray has the exact same promo for his grinder introduction page. It just oh, was so brutal. And then, so, but, but. You again, seen it? My good. I didn't know you see Ray's grinder profile video. Yeah, I, well, well, he sent it to me, and I said, hey, man, I don't know how you got this unmatched, but I'm not on grinder. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is, it's all A for effort. And, and, and this is the one thing I definitely want to talk about before we move on or, or talk about other parts of it. I can't help but think two things when I, when I, you know, basically this episode ends with Macho Man about to get beat up by everybody involved in, in the match. Uh, mm-hmm. And Invader comes well, out rem- the well, logistically, Macho Man was in the U.S. title tournament, beat Brutus the Barber DK, yes. or yes. A.K. Butcher, then Flair and Anderson and which is which is a weird match in itself because it starts off like it looks like Macho Man's getting squashed. Then he mm-hmm. makes one little reversal and it turns into Macho Man squashing Brother Brutai. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 like a squash. Like it's two half squash matches where the one guy actually goes over. But anyway, he's about to get run out. I love it. It's old school. It's Memphis wrestling. It's UWF. It's Mid South. He's about to get run off, and then this renegade comes in, and they did something to correct something. I don't know. If, I didn't catch it back then, but I caught it today. Okay. To tease this renegade, they kept calling the ultimate solution, the ultimate addition, and all that. Mm-hmm. And then when renegade come out, it was like, wah, wah, because they were making people think it was the warrior, right? Yeah, they, they were. They were teasing but it was the warrior. When they did the promo afterwards, who did they say was their ultimate solution and their ultimate Angelo Poffo. They actually changed and said, oh, no, Renegade's just one of the boys. But anyways, there's two things that I think when I'm watching at the end of this. Hogan comes out and stops Vader after uh, Renegade came out to save Macho Man from Flair and Arn. And I'm looking in the ring, and I'm like, this poor guy. First of all, he had no knee pads on. Fuck him for that. And he had women's boots on that looked like some fucking eight, well, you're eight talking, you're, you're talking about Renegade. The Renegade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, he didn't have time to put his knee pads on, because I'm pretty sure he wore knee pads when he wrestled. But and boots, not these fucking girl cowboy boots that he was wearing. But anyway, cowgirl boots. When he come out there, I thought Renegade had no Renegade had no look. Right. Honestly, he yeah. had he had the R on his face. Yeah. It was so low rent Ultimate yeah. Warrior wannabe. Yeah. He didn't have the Ultimate Warrior hairdo. He had a mullet. He had a Billy yeah. Ray Cyrus. He had a mulky haircut. Well, he had a mulky haircut. But my, he had my, the my spandex. Two things, 
Go ahead. A, I feel so bad for that guy. That guy ended up taking his life, and you'd hope it wasn't because of this. Like you just hope that there was you, other stuff. I think, in his it, life. I think it, it was that the the pressure, and then he didn't live up to that. And of course, drugs. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You 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 hope there was other contributors to it, not mm-hmm. just unfairly be put in this position. And it's funny because the other thing I thought while I was watching him is, you know, everyone gives him shit for doing this, like they were bringing in the Warrior, but it ain't. But two years later, where they're doing New Diesel, New Razor Ramon, so they're both mm-hmm. guilty of doing this shit. But one more obvious, uh, yeah. and two. When I saw the three of them together, both in the ring and doing that promo, I just thought, wow, how, how, what are you talking about a what if? How much cooler would it have been if the Warrior actually came down there and you had the Ultimate Maniacs, the Mega Powers, and the Mega Maniacs all together? The three of them, Warrior wearing red and yellow with those guys like he did in the Mega. Right here. The Ultimate Hulkamaniacs? Can you imagine the three Mm -hmm. of those guys? I think it, it, it would have probably prevented the NWO because you wouldn't have needed it. You had Hogan Warrior and Savage just ripping up wrestling in 94, 95. You don't even need the NWO Hogan at that point. Or you, that's, just, that's an, it, that's it, an it missed intrig- opportunity. That's an intriguing what if. So I'll put that in the back burner. That's of the a missed opportunity, man. Like I, It makes I, me I, wish the Warrior would have got his head out of his ass sooner and gone there before. But, the, the one word relationship was just garbage. And again, there was, a lot, of, there was a lot Warrior of extenuating, extenuating circumstances yes. with the Warrior in the mid 90s. We don't, but there was a lot of that. mistrust. There's a well, lot of, of mistrust, man. Nobody trusted anybody in WCW at that time, and he's no different. He, there's many interviews where he's like, Bishop, I'm not coming in, just a job to him, which is what he freaking did. Um, mm-hmm. but but I'm just, I'm talking this, this, this WCW version of 80s WWF wrestling. If the Warrior would have been there instead of Renegade, and it's Hogan, Macho Man, and Warrior versus that's Flair, what people, Arn, and that's Vader. why that's why it fizzled because people were expecting that, right? And they got the and Renegade. It, it would have so, been money if it was those three together. Yeah. Again, what could have been reflectionized as TW so eloquently says. So you know, we talk about the top tier feud going into Slambury, a Legends reunion pay-per-view, of course, you know, and then, you know, with all that being said, you know, we already know the, the seeds are going to be planted with Angelo Poffo there, Macho Man's going to go into the program with Ric Flair, so he's going to, and then, of course, Hogan and Vader's going to do what they're going to do, building towards Bash at the Beach, but again, we're not going into that semantics, we're going to just call focus here, so you already talking about the U.S. title tournament match with Macho Man and the Butcher, a.k.a. Brother Brutai, which was a short match because the man with no Brutus, name. because well the man of course because I Vince McMahon is an evil genius because he <laughs> he owned the name so you know so what but like you said TW it turned into two different squash matches in one in one moment because Brutus was beating the shit out of him he could have won he could have like I literally him. thought he was winning and I think I think another what if that Butcher should have beat Macho Man with maybe help from Ric Flair and Arn yeah. Anderson and cost them. So get you build heat. up, get some heat and build that program into Slamboree. But again, the problem is it's not Brutus Beefcake. His name is Butcher. That's why it doesn't sell. And Eric Bischoff is a is a master business strategist saying no, Butcher doesn't sell. Macho Man's got to sell. So that's why he did the squash you know, win against Brother Brutai. But again. Another person in this U.S. title tournament, and you kind of like touched on it. So let's touch on this again. 
You call this another WWF outcast, but I think you got, at least in the mid-90s, before, you know, it got kind of hokey with the Dungeon of Doom, Ming, a.k.a. Haku, King Haku, whatever you want to call him, T.W., he's badass no matter what. He's part of that Samoan dynasty, so you can't beat that. But when he became, when he was Ming here, I thought he was ten times uh, bigger and statuesque in comparison to Haku. No matter what, Haku was at a was at a, a level. He couldn't go any higher. He couldn't go any lower. But with Ming, to me, there was potential, untapped potential, not to be the heavyweight champion. Don't get me wrong. But to be that top villain or that or that top person to go against or at least Sting, a threat go, to Hogan's title. Right, right. A threat, a threat to Hogan, a threat to Sting, a threat to Savage. He elevated himself because of the opportunity to go down south. So let's say you about Ming, the presentation. Again, Dungeon of Doom Ming was kind of stupid. He came in as the as a as like a bodyguard to Colonel Rob Parker first. He was in that suit. So we all knew who he was, but then you knew eventually the suit was gonna come off. And he had and he was going to wrestle. So the presentation of Ming to me was untapped potential. What say you about Ming? Ming is hands down greater than Haku, greater than King Haku, greater than mm-hmm. uh, tag team Haku. King uh, Tonga, but, that was his, another name he used. Well, prop that was when he was a tag team. Him and Cibiapi, mm-hmm. I think Cibiapi, the Islanders. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, I think, what killed him from being ever being anything more in WWF was being the obvious fall guy to put the tag belts on Andre the Giant. Like, you had to have somebody to take the belts off of Andre. You had to have somebody beatable, and that's what he came across as, the the weak link. And Mm -hmm. I don't recall him ever doing much in WWF as far as that tag team title reign is probably the, the precipice of his time there. Whereas everything else, he's just a good hand, as Travis would say. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say his career there was garbage, because it wasn't. Um, but like he would be fighting Junkyard Dog because Harley Race was wounded or whatever the hell in that feud that Harley and Junkyard Dog had. But that was it. And he didn't really talk much. Did he Did he team with the Barbarian for a bit? Yeah. In, what in were the, they called? In both, in both uh, WWF and WCW. Here there was a uh, – WWF was just – Haku and Barbarian. Here was the Dungeon of Doom. But the 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 the, the, the faces Haku, of fear. They were the faces of fear. Yeah, Haku and WWF and Ming are leagues apart. They, I wouldn't even be surprised if there are people that didn't know they were the same person, right? To be fair to what you said, he's <laughs> a lot bigger in size in WCW than he was in WWF. WWF, he was always a little smaller, slimmer, whatever. And in mm-hmm. WCW, he's just massive, right? Um, and that was that's the month later when I'm at the Great American Bash at the O'Hare Arena in, in Dayton, Ohio. I'm telling you, it was at least an hour, if not longer, that mm-hmm. Ming and Vader were sumo wrestling each other in the hallway. And everyone was just like, leave them alone. Because they didn't know if they were really fighting or they were just blowing off steam, but everyone stayed away from them because the way the arena was set up, you you know how most arenas are a circle? They, mm-hmm. they cut it off and horseshoot it off, and we were all in basically what would have been the the concessions area for production. And then so you got, a ma- you got a match within a match watching them sumo each Dude, other. Dude, the fucking noises they were making, and, and everyone would tell you, Ming. You mean that was Grinder before Grinder was a thing with the noises? 
they would tell you Ming was probably the shoot toughest man in wrestling. Like everyone mm. thought it was Vader. No, no, people were like Ming. it's yeah. Ming. It's, it's always, Ming. It's Vader was one for a while, but Ming was like, "Oh yeah, motherfucker, let's go," and did not back down from him. Much like Kurt Angle did not back down from Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you know, it, it's it's apropos, as we would say here at the PWR podcast, you know, to talk about Ming because again, that's the advantage of having an alternative TW. We, you and I already know that. So you know, th- that's the beauty of the alternatives. To go to another place because again you can't always make it in the you can't make it always in the New York Yankees so you got to make it as a Tampa Bay Duffery so that's what you know I remember <laughs> Kevin Nash saying you know WWE's the New York Yankees and then of course WCW was the Tampa Bay Devil Race but the Devil Race did make the World Series so you know you got to take you got to pick your spots and you got to pick your moments like you said eighty three weeks is still a moment so that they did win a World Series here and there so again. You talked, you, you hashed on it a little bit. So let's talk about the commentary again. The the staples for a couple of years in, in the mid 90s was Tony Schiavone was the lead anchor no matter what. And of course, Dusty Rhodes made an appearance on Saturday night. But on this week, it was Bobby the Brain Heenan. And the funny thing that I just wanted to, to point out for the Reflection Nights is the comedic genius, the comedic timing, of course, of Bobby the Brain Heenan with the U.S. title tournament happening. And the 16 participants, you know how many lock picks of the week that Bobby the Brain Heenan had? He actually picked the winner of the U.S. title tournament 16 different times, T.W. So what say you about Bobby the Brain Heenan's ingenious uh, gambling? You know, if you were, if you had Fantasy Duel and you went on Bobby the Brain Heenan's uh, uh, answer. You broke even. You broke even. No, there you go. no, you would have lost 15 times and won once. That's what you would have done. There you go. So you better make that one bet really matter right. and then lose a so little bit. It, it, it's actually even better than you're saying because it's he actually milks this the entire episode. Because mm-hmm. um, first he said Sting was winning and then he changed to Ming and then he argued with Shivani. No, no, you said Sting. I said Ming. And then later on he goes, you got to go with Macho Man in this one. He goes, but you went with Sting. He goes, no, I went with Ming. You said Sting, but now I'm going with Macho Man. And they did, and they did it for the whole 42 minutes that I watched, which was an hour episode without the commercials. And mm-hmm. it, it was it was seamless. It wasn't forced. Like a lot of times nowadays, people are trying to be funny. It's blatantly they're trying to be funny. But it was absolutely good. And it proves Bobby Heenan can work with anybody. He was good with Vince, good, great with Gorilla, great with Shivani, uh, who who was was it always Shivani and him in WCW or did he work with yeah. someone else there too? No, Just, no, it, no. it was him, Shivani, and Tanae. Right. Yeah. So that yeah. But, but again, the, good the, the, the value of Bobby the Brain Heenan, and and again, I would call it a little bit of a lost start, even in today's st- standards of wrestling, because WWE doesn't really have that comedic person. You have the bad guy, or you have someone who goes heelish a little bit, and the same thing in in the AEW. Taz has his moments of being funny, but it's not meant for dynamite. It's meant for YouTube. And I don't watch YouTube. So I, I know that him and Excalibur laugh a little bit and make some jokes here and there. But right. when it matters, it's not on TV. It's not on prime time reflection night. So there's a difference. You can get away with a lot on YouTube, TW. You and I know that. So is he funny? Yeah. But this is what it's meant to be. This is the traditions of weekend wrestling when you have a comedic heel like Bobby the Brain Heenan. So give a closing thought of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Again, embellish or say the same thing over again. <laughs> Bobby Heenan, first of all, 
he's the best manager of all time, in my opinion. It's not even close. Uh, he's probably, if not the best color guy, because I know people got a boner for Jesse the body, and he's better than Jerry Lawler. I don't care what anybody says. Definitely Corey Gray. He, Bobby, how about this? No mm-hmm. matter what it was he was doing, whether he was the manager, whether he was the commentator, he was the best at it while he was doing it. It, you know, like if you want to say someone else is better some other time or before him or after him, fine, we can argue it. But Heenan is that, one that's of the why reasons. we don't we don't I, I that's why I never want to rank people. That's right. why you just create the Rushmores so this way everybody gets the even playing field. But so. even if you wanted to hate Bobby, he was so clever and so funny, you still laughed. And be it the manager when he threw temper tantrums when they lost. It was glorious when he bragged because they won. It was glorious. And he looked like a manager Mm -hmm. when I was a kid watching it. And I had no idea that he actually used to be a wrestler. And he was a wrestler like right up until the time where he came to WWF. He was wrestling in AWA, even though he was a manager, too. Mm -hmm. So when you watch him in there with the, the warrior stuff where he got five minutes in the weasel suit. Like he bumped better than half the guys in wrestling today and did it without getting hurt and did it and made people love it. Like he was someone you loved to hate. Well, Not he did get, he did get hurt. He had those neck. There was those years with neck. Braces, that was so. from warrior though. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah, he but, didn't take the best bumps, but he did get hurt because but of, that guy he is. And I don't want to say he's undervalued or underappreciated because I think anybody with a brain no pun intended, and has seen him at all, knows, like, like not to, ba- I'm not trying to bash on him, but people, like, in this episode, Hogan calls Jimmy Hart the greatest manager of all time. I disagree. Jimmy Hart was just there for his mm-hmm. guys. Heenan was the show. The guy. Yeah, He, he was, was the guy. Whether he, he was, was the, the A guy. He was the A guy for the main event for the, yes. for, for, for the he was group. Hogan's antagonist. And it just, he brought one of his guys to fight him. That was the yeah. bottom line. The feud was Hogan versus the Heenan family. And mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's the goat, man. He, he's up on my wall. He's up there, right there. He come with the weasel suit. I opened that package up, took it off. And he's in his one arm singlet, like Andre the Giant. Or mm-hmm. one strap singlet. And it wouldn't be complete reflection. I said, if I didn't talk about, again, one of those debates, the television championship was displayed here. Your favorite, t- your favorite title to bestow, and of course, one of the greatest television champions of all time. It's the staple of the of the. You cannot say TV champion without this man. It goes like ham and cheese. It goes like peanut butter and jelly. It goes like hamburgers, a, a cheeseburger. No, it's not Tully Blanchard. It is It is Arn Anderson, the great, the goat television nope. champion of all time. No, nope, it's they, not him. Totally. He has. He's coming down the the aisle with the television championship. Your title. It ain't with, title this, one. It ain't with this one. So what? That's the listen, antics. It listen. Is. Okay. I'll, you know what? I'm gonna. You know what? He's not. Mm-hmm. He can be your greatest television champion of all time. But I'm gonna tell you why you believe that. Because even though this and Tully Blanchard are synonymous, Tully was also the U.S. champ, the national champ. The tag champ, six-man champ, the mid-Atlantic champ. So, all right, let Arn have that TV title because it's the only thing he ever did. Arn was national tag team champ, yeah, world, cha- world tag Oli. champ, of course. With, with Tully. 
So what? But he has he has his pedigree too. I'm just saying. He ain't no Tully Blanchard. Why are you why are you so defensive? Arn Anderson is coming down the aisle with well, I didn't like the but design that's of the shitty TV I, title. Yeah, that, that's a shitty one. I wish it was that one. Because all WCW titles they remade. The tag belts are okay. Mm-hmm. The WCW World yeah, Title. I, I don't. I actually don't like the the, the WCW Tag Team Title. I like the, the NWA set. That belt right there is beautiful. Of course, right the NWA had the best designs. No hands down. But of course, I just wanted to again, you know, get PW's goat going with saying that Arn Anderson, the GOAT TV champion, again, maybe TN Couponer, if this gets uploaded on YouTube, he will say TW is right, or or the professor is right, or maybe he it's has It's Tully, it's not close. Or maybe it's Dusty, and it's not close. What about Dusty, that? Dusty was TV champ? Yes, he was. Didn't even know it. Yes, and he beat your man, Tully Blanchard. Cheated. I bet he cheated. So what? Tully's the goat. That that's semantic. If it wasn't for that damn nose candy, he would have replaced <laughs> Ric Flair as the world champion. Of, again, that's semantics again. So, and before we close out, we have to at least acknowledge again another tag team that TW does not like. What is that? Andre and Haku. It's hard to tell. Val Venus on the on the right, or that? Oh, that's John Studd. John Studd, Mister Perfect, Bobby Heenan, and Andre, the Heenan family. Well, with the light, it looked like Val Venus. Yeah, like, why is Andre? Why? It looked like John Cell was wearing a towel. I saw yeah. that. <laughs> it, it was like, why is Andre and Val Venus on the same aisle? But anyway, neither here nor there. But again, I could have bought that for 25 bucks and didn't buy it because I didn't want John Studd. Now I wish I had it. And of course, let's close oh, out. I got to, one last question for you. I went to question? ask you earlier and I didn't. So before you okay. switch, I thought you did ask, ask the question. Well, no, go ahead. I, I went off digressed. Mm -hmm. Why in the world did Ric Flair? On his own, cut his hair the way they wanted him to do it in 92 that made him to leave in the first place. And then grew it back out. That's a, that's a very interesting question. I wish I had an answer for that. But I think the difference is in 91, he was mentally, mentally yeah. drained. Yeah. He said, fuck it. 95, I think he even knew that he had to like update his look right to a degree so he couldn't have that long flowing hair i think but he, he grew it back no he grew it back yeah of course but he knew that he had to change it a little bit for the 90s and to keep up with hogan and to keep up and uh, to be at that tier level so i think he was not mentally drained because eric bischoff wasn't fucking with him until 90, late 90s early 97 so 95 was okay but Let's just talk about this for a second before we talk about Harlem Heat and Nasty Boys to close out the show. Again, let's give kudos where kudos are are, are given, TW, because, again, Ric Flair, again, you and I are doing a podcast. If, the, if podcast was a thing, but it's usually it was the 900 numbers, like people made those 900, like you call the 900 numbers at midnight and you get those kind of podcast voice guys right, right. to a degree. I do. But, <laughs> Right, but you, but you you understand where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. Podcasters would be burying Flair. Like, why is Ric Flair getting buried week after week by Hogan? Ric Flair, you know, kept NWA on the on the map. Ric Flair carried a company when the, when no one was wanted to give you know, put money into it. And why is he allowing himself getting embarrassed or or the the term is buried? You know how you always hear this. Right, term. everybody gets buried. You know, when they do a match for some strange reason. But again, I have to say this 
So the question goes to you. Let's acknowledge, not tribal chief acknowledge, but let's acknowledge the professionalism (laughs) of Ric Flair for doing business. He knew he he had to take the losses against Hogan. He knew he had to take the losses to Macho Man Randy Savage. But you know what it did for him? It kept him in the upper tier card. So what's ATW about what Ric Flair's business decisions? This is this is a not a shot at you, not a shot at me, because Travis says it on a regular basis. Aren't we mm-hmm. technically IWC? YWC? Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're gonna go with the loud minority. And mm-hmm. who aren't very good at mathematics. Okay. They mm-hmm. believe either that there are 32 world championships in each promotion and that their 32 favorite guys should have it, mm-hmm. or they're not booking them properly without realizing that only one guy can. And until that guy gets his shine, the other guy's got to wait in line. Right. And one of the guys I brought it up last week. Belly aching about Finn Balor losing to a part-timer. Completely forgetting that they kicked him out of the group. Completely forgetting that he said I quit in an I quit match as a babyface. Even though they did it perfectly well with the threat of his wife, he had to say it. Uh Finn Balor had to lose. If Finn Balor does not lose, you might as well just cut Edge. He looks like he has no value, let alone part-time or full-time, right? Okay. And what I wrote on that post is, I don't think some of these people know how the battle of good versus evil works. Mm-hmm. Good has to triumph in the end, or it doesn't work, right? And for Flair to lose to Hogan, is not. there's no shame in that. You name somebody right now, name someone off the top of your head, they prop from the 80s or 90s, more than likely they jobbed a Hulk Hogan in a world title match. And I guarantee you, with the exception of the, the ones that are quite dead, uh-huh. every one of them would tell you, you think I'm complaining about the paycheck I got for losing to Hulk Hogan in the main event? And by the way, that's why women and children come to these shows. It's because they like seeing the good guy win. The uh-huh. fact that people don't understand that is insane to me. But even more insane to me is the fact that they think everyone can be world champion at the same time. Does that make sense to you what I'm talking about? Yeah. The same guy bitching that this guy doesn't have the belt is the same guy bitching that these other seven guys don't have the belt. Which means if any one of those seven get the belt, they're off his list and he's going to bitch about the six and the guy that lost the belt not having the belt because Mm -hmm. it never ends. But again, like I said, kudos to Ric Flair for doing business. But again, podcasters and like you said, like us, we are the marks, the IWC, YWC pundits. We would say, how are you treating... A 16, well, he wasn't 16, but you get what I'm saying. Why are you going to treat a 16-time former champion and have him lose to Hogan and lose to Savage and kind of like be on the back burner and not, you know, doing, you know, not getting the heavyweight title or whatever the case may be. Again, in 95, he knew where the business was. Again, a little bit later with the NWO, you can understand that he would be frustrated with the booking. They that were, they, they just were, made everyone like a bitch. That's yeah, different. When you there's a difference between doing hour business. one segment two, right? So there's a difference between doing business reflection nights and then looking like a bitch, like Bischoff did to him in '96 and '97. Hence why he left a little bit. And then of course we don't have to get into that shit. So again, we don't really need to talk about Harlem Heat and the Nasty Boys because it was just a squash match. But again, let me just but, say this: time out. 
time up. What? He wrestled Frankie to Thumper Lancaster. Oh, your guy. That's my guy. I was happy wow. to see him. And the guy he teamed with, his name was Bob Houston. I don't think I ever seen that guy before. But mm-hmm. uh, I just want to tell you. Is that Sam Houston's uh, brother, cousin? Uh, dude, I, I like to say that guy probably wrestled his first and last match that night. Because do you remember what the finish was? I, I forgot because, you know, I always kind of Stevie like- Ray came off the top rope on that poor dude mm-hmm. while while Booker T powerbombed him. So instead of just saying a powerbomb bump, he took a powerbomb bump with Stevie Ray coming down on top of him with him. And I was like, he's dead. And, and Frankie Lancaster is like this. Yep. He's like, nah. and, and just absolutely killed this guy. He, he landed flat. At least. Wait, it's funny because you say that. Let me ask you this. Why wasn't it TW and Frankie Lancaster and you taking that bump? Because in 90, it's funny because I rewound it to see if Bob Houston was somebody I knew. And I, mm-hmm. the footage is so grainy, I couldn't tell. At first, I thought that Thumper Lancaster was the Italian stallion, like, slimmed down. Mm-hmm. And then I, they said his name. I'm like, holy shit, that is Frankie, because it was so grainy, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, right around then is when my guy's Cuckoo the Wild Samoan, he would wrestle with Tommy Torres. He took the stun gun from uh, Austin so bad that it made mm-hmm. the intro of the show. They edited right. into the, and Because he, he just takes it neck first. He doesn't get his arms up. But mm-hmm. Clancy, Apollo, all those guys were doing jobs back then. And uh, I didn't do it because I was smaller. And and you just, th- this Bob Houston guy was bigger than me. I'm probably his size now. But mm-hmm. then I was half his size. And the shit they did to him, like they would have put me in there with Ming. Did you see what he did to that guy? Yeah. Bobby, he said the best. He goes, he just gave that guy a beal by his neck. Do you know how to do a beal? No. A beal, you put your hand on a guy in the corner like you're choking him. Mm-hmm. And your other hand in his armpit, take two steps, and it's basically like a hip toss. But when you're doing it standing out of the oh, corner, you're, propel- you're propelling him more. It's a feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did it with the neck only. <laughs> he didn't do the armpit. That's why it wasn't me on TV, because I knew my first drink of coffee in the WCW Saturday night would be my last. And those guys went down there for three nights, fourth night off. And I guarantee you, they had to put me in there with Ming one night. Uh, Vader the next you would have made six hundred dollars that weekend. No, you'd have made more than that. You made like three hundred bucks a night and you made all four nights. Twelve hundred bucks. Trust me, I was tempted. I was tempted, but I knew I'd get killed. That's a future what if episode. What if TW went to WCW center stage in the mid nineties to be the Frankie Lang? I wouldn't have been lucky like uh, the chin. What was the chin guy's name? Dude, I don't remember every jobber's name. No, the guy our era, the guy with no chin that was with Carmella. Oh, Big Cass? No. Oh, The Enzo. little fucking dude that Enzo. climbed the ladder for to help her win money in the bank. Oh, Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Oh, oh. <laughs> that guy was brought in to be a local job guy and someone went, mm-hmm. oh, we can make money with this guy. That yeah. wouldn't have been me. They would have been oh, like, okay. oh, this guy's getting Ming, Vader, and Big Bubba Rogers. Or but, my favorites, the Nasty Boys. They would have yeah. teamed me with somebody. But you know, we just we gave credence to everything that made it that made Saturday wrestling what it was and what it should be. I, well, maybe maybe I'm kind of stretching it because AEW Collision is not going to be WCW Saturday Night from 1995 because you know why TW no one's going to watch under. it and it will go under. It will be canceled within six months. So right. with that being said, we close on this episodic episode 
of the PWR podcast here at the Hami Media Group at pawbeam.com. So, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. Let me find them. Oh, there we Jesus. go. I got them. God, thank goodness. All righty, then. We uh, are also, we also, look, I'm all in shambles. Uh, mm-hmm. The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors us at PWC Network at podbean.com. And then you got Hotcom. I don't know what is it out. Hami Media Group. Did at you say Hotcom? Oh, my goodness. You, you are on that grinder. Hot-com. Also, Hami Media Group can be found at channelattitude.com. Uh, our show is at PW Reflection on the Twitzes. Uh, I did mention you, Travis. So at Nuts and Volts, V O E L T Z P W for penis whipped. Nuts and Volts P W is Travis Volts. Big Ray, he's on everything as Big Ray at Big Ray Hernandez. You can find him on anything. If you go to a social media app, put in at Big or just Big Ray Hernandez. I don't think you have to put at, and he will come up. And that includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Grinder, and Professor's DMs. Also, you can find me. At Tommy Wonder 19 is my Instagram and my political Twitter. Uh, at the Tommy Wonder is my more friendly Twitter and TikTok. Snapchat is number wonder, Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. And then the big veto brand.wixsite.com, Patreon.com backslash the big veto brand, where you can support Vito and Noel LaGracio. Uh, and then you can watch the early release of this video at twitch.tv backslash the big veto brand and a poll is going up soon revamping the dumb dumb duo on an idiot uh-huh. to, to, to suggesting things and ab- having people tell us what they want us to do and us do it you know what i'm gonna watch fear factor with the joe rogan years and then i'll, I'll it's just gotta be something we can attain <laughs> obtain i don't know i'm just gonna watch fear factor and see what 100 the year old eggs are not happening maggots no how about a uh, cow's ball? Most most likely it's going to be the gimmicks that people do already that we can just order off a website. But mm-hmm. um, I have a really, I have a favorite. I, I, I would love to plug him on here for the 12 people, but he's my favorite, one of my favorite TikTokers. He always does uh, nasty foods with like Beethoven playing in the background in his kitchen mm-hmm. um, that people suggest and it's just gross shit. But he had a good one, which was putting uh, sour cream on an Oreo cookie, and he was it was awesome. <laughs> he said, "Whoa, it was good." But he does shit like a hundred year old egg tuna salad sandwich is what I watched today. Mustard, a uh-huh. hundred year old egg, and uh, some kind of nasty fish and head cheese. And he threw up before he even ate it. But he okay. ate it. Okay, before I hurl. For the reflection night, you can find me on my Twitter at PWSOPROS. That's PWSOPROF. And if this gets uploaded by 8 Track Brown, this will be on the PWSO YouTube network. Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine at OB when you know me. And of course, the king of the reactions, 8 Track Brown at the number 8, TRAC Brown. What we're going to do next week might go episodic again, might do a spotlight, might do movies, might do robberies, might sprinkling a what if you never know with the professor you never know i keep you on your toes and with that being said i'm the professor that's mr wonderful tommy wonder saying good night and we'll see you next time here at the pwr podcast at the homie media group at podbean.com you had to get that about your baby that's what he said at the end of the show man come on well why don't you do the greatest television champion of all time arn anderson 
that's not him. It's Gar. It's Gardner. It's Tully Blanchard, dude. 